0: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
3: This is the true story of a hardworking couple from the mountains of Montana
4: Bill and Anne just seem to have it all together.
3: We're ripped apart by a ghost from the past.
5: It's a tale of an irresistible affair. It's like fantasy is mixed in with reality.
3: That sparks a lethal obsession.
2: The content basically was harassing and threatening. There was nothing that was gonna be able to stop her.
3: Beware, extreme passion can lead to shocking consequences. Darby, Montana is a natural wonderland with spectacular mountains and glistening rivers.
1: It- has just about everything. There's hunting, there's fishing, there's hiking. They have all kinds of outdoor activity that's available. Nestled
3: in this beautiful landscape is the home of Anne and Bill Stout, a hardworking couple who live in a large ranch house set on 20 acres of land. The all-American couple has been married for over 20 years and have two sons. When she's not looking after her boys, Anne works as an administrator in the next town over.
6: Anne, uh, probably about five seven, dark short hair. She appeared to me to be uh, a woman that just really committed to being a good mom and to raising those boys and a good wife.
4: And
3: her husband Bill is a
6: third-generation sheet rocker
4: was about 5'10", maybe 175, 180 pounds. He was a strong kid, so he really could handle these uh, sheets of sheetrock when he was putting them up on walls, throwing them up on ceilings. Bill himself was interested
1: in horseback riding, hunting, fishing, and he was teaching that to his sons. To
3: their friends and neighbors, they seemed like a close-knit family.
4: Bill uh, and Anne just seemed to have it all together the whole stout family just it just it exuded a, a real togetherness
3: but as is so often the case looks can be deceiving beneath the happy facade the couple has been carrying a heavy burden since tragedy
6: struck their eldest son 5 years earlier ben committed suicide um, his freshman year in college and that was really hard on bill and ann I don't really remember that they talked about it that much, that, um, you know, they were looking for reasons. I think it was just way too painful for them um, to really talk about. With the way things played out, we just questioned if that was the straw that maybe broke the camel's back. In the years
3: following Ben's death, Bill and Anne have found different ways to deal with their intense
5: grief. People grieve in very different ways uh, and sometimes women want to talk about the death of a child and they want their partner to be there with them to help them through it but the partner may be dealing with it in their own way so it can create a lot of a lot of tension.
3: anguish plagues the couple's marriage and has eroded their feelings for one another.
4: Bill and Ann pretty much you know stopped uh, sleeping in the same bedroom and and they tried to go upon their own lives. Their spark it fizzled out that was between the two of them.
3: Anne and Bill are both desperately searching for a way out of their grief and loneliness. And fortunately for Bill, a new chance at happiness is about to land on his doorstep. 2005, Bill receives an invitation
1: to the wedding of an old high school friend in Arkansas. It was a wedding where a number of Bill's friends were going to be present. Because Ann did not have much of a relationship with Bill's friends, she didn't go. For Bill, it's a chance to set aside his personal
3: problems and enjoy himself.
5: Bill really liked the idea of getting away, going back to a simpler time, being around people who could accept him, where he wasn't burdened.
3: But Bill's decision to go will have profound repercussions on his family life. A few weeks later, in March 2005, Bill sits having a drink at the hotel bar on the night before the wedding. Suddenly, he spots a face he hasn't laid eyes on in years is high school sweetheart, Barbara.
7: Hi. Hi. I knew Bill Stout. I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. And I was involved with him when I was a teenager, and I had seen him for 30-some years until he came to Arkansas for my sister's wedding. I personally didn't even know he was going to be there, but he just smiled, and it just kind of all come flooding back, you know. It was very nice. The pair spend the next few hours catching up on old times.
3: (laughs) As the night wears on, and they get more comfortable, Bill even starts to share some of his personal problems from the last few years.
4: Their conversation went to where Bill and Ann's lives were at that point. How his marriage was going downhill. He needed somebody to open up and talk to. It's good to see you.
3: Bill's feelings for Barbara have lain dormant for many years. But by the end of the night, they're roaring back to life. And when the lights come on at the bar, the pair decide they're not ready to call it quits. Let's go. So they both head back to Bill's hotel room.
5: There are certain people in our lives where there's just this pulse. Um, And and this can happen with an old love where things didn't work out. They almost go back to a time where they see in their eyes it's that 19-year-old again. Um, So there's something about the power of love where it's almost like no time has passed.
3: The teenage urgency might have gone, but as Bill and Barbara become intimate with one another, they
5: discover that a raging passion
3: still burns between them.
5: have somebody really care about meeting his needs he felt like a king he felt like the focus he felt like this is the way a true soulmate should be
3: the next day bill and barbara attend her sister's wedding together
7: we sat next to each other and um, actually got up and danced so we were like A new couple, but an old married couple at the same time. You know what I mean? And the former high school sweetheart's reunion is noted by other guests. I recall
6: seeing pictures of Bill and Barbara at the wedding, and they looked really happy. They looked like they were reconnecting.
3: But could someone else at the reception be less enthused about the public show of affection? As the festivities come to a close, Bill and Barbara head back to the hotel room and
7: pick up where they left off the previous night. And so we just came back, went to the room, and just, it was like we were familiar with each other. Rekindling their romance is a powerful
3: experience for Barbara, and it stirs up long forgotten emotions.
7: He was my first man that I would feel would be my my love that I wanted to get married to. But back then, Bill wasn't ready for long-term commitment, and his hesitancy ended their teen romance. Started to have some problems. You start to lose some of that trust that he might not be able to follow through on what you want for your future. Bill broke Barbara's heart once before.
3: But by the morning, he's convinced this second chance was meant to be. So as Barbara says goodbye, He assures her he won't let her down this time.
7: We'd already sort of formulated our plan to keep him in touch by mail, email, cell phones, for me to move up to Montana. So I felt good about it, and, and I was still high on adrenaline.
2: The impression that Barbara had, anyway, is that he was going to leave Ann and make a life with her.
3: But the second time around, will things be any different? next day, Bill leaves Arkansas and flies home to Montana. But over the course of the trip, nagging doubts have begun to set in.
4: I think that the real the real trigger point here is the closer you get, the more back to reality as you get closer to home.
3: And Bill's conflict only gets more intense after his wife's warm reaction
2: to his homecoming.
5: How was your trip? It was good.
2: She was fairly shrewd. And women can always tell after they've been married to someone for decades when something's not right.
6: Is everything okay?
3: At the wedding, Bill swore to Barbara that when he got home, he'd leave his wife. Now, is he about to back down on that promise? But that evening, Bill comes to a decision that will alter the course of everyone's future. The next day, the next morning...
7: He called me about missing each other and how nice it was to have each other to talk to. He had set up a romantic getaway. He was going to pick me up in Missoula, and we were going to ride to a a resort that's north of here and uh, show me around. Bill says he'll buy
3: Barbara's plane ticket for the forthcoming Memorial Day weekend, all the while reassuring her that he'll soon be rid of Ann, for a brief moment in the spring of 2005, it looks like Bill and Barbara's rekindled high school romance could lead to a second chance at love. But their plan to be together forever is about to come crashing down around them. On Friday, April 29th, Ann Stout gets the call a wife dreads most. Hello? An anonymous caller fills her in on Bill's betrayal.
6: Who is this?
1: She gets a phone call from someone who doesn't identify themselves, telling her that uh, her husband had had this uh, affair at the wedding in Arkansas with Barbara. Who
3: could be behind this devastating phone call and why? Does someone have it out for Bill? Or is there an even more sinister plot in motion that could shatter all of their lives for good.
4: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have to get 30 30, bit get 30, better get 20 20, 20, better get twenty, twenty. Better get 15 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
3: Bill Stout is cheating on Anne, his wife of 20 years, with an old high school flame named Barbara.
5: It's like fantasy is mixed in with reality. So here's this perfect person who somehow escaped your life and you have them back in your arms again.
3: Now his devoted wife has just been tipped off about the whole upsetting story.
6: I just got a phone call. Somebody told me all about what happened at the wedding.
3: Anne tells Bill about the call and demands to know the truth, prompting her cheating husband to reluctantly confirm that he has indeed rekindled a romance with his high school sweetheart.
4: What? what? She said, well, that means nothing to me. I would imagine that he'd said, look, let me tell you about what happened this weekend. I think that's where things snapped.
0: What were you thinking? a mistake.
1: She was devastated. I mean, she may have threatened him with divorcing him at that point.
6: No, no, I not I can't no, I stay don't. married to you after this.
1: Faced
3: with the sudden reality of losing his family, Bill quickly starts backtracking. I can't do this with
2: you, He's scared to death and then I think maybe guilt took over. Bill was basically a good-hearted person.
5: I will make this right, I swear to God.
3: Bill promises Ann that he'll find a way to put the pieces of their shattered marriage back together.
7: Two days later, true to his word, he calls Barbara. I think it was, like, May 1st, and I knew in his tone that something was wrong. As Bill and Barbara chat, the cheating spouse can't bring himself to
3: say outright that things are over. But his erstwhile lover is left with
7: a sense that something ominous is about to happen. I remember the last thing he said is, everything I do is for my kids.
3: The next day, Barbara is at her computer when a message pops up from a familiar address.
2: Bill and Barbara were communicating, everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, bang, he sends her an email and says, it's over, I can't do this. I mean, it was like one or two sentences, and that was it.
3: In his email, Bill explains that Ann knows all about the affair, and for the second time, he dumps her, saying they can never see each other again.
1: He told her he was canceling the the airline ticket to Montana.
2: You know, you got to remember, from Barbara's standpoint, she's minding her own business in Arkansas. But well, he's coming onto her really strong. And all of a sudden, a few weeks later, bang, you know, just as quickly as it's, it started, the brakes were put on, and he's not interested in seeing her anymore.
3: Barbara decides that she isn't going to sit back and take being dumped
7: by Bill twice. I did send him one email asking him to call. You didn't call. That's the first time I got mad.
3: She makes up her mind to go to Montana after all.
6: I uh, accidentally canceled an airplane ticket, and
1: I was... She uh, somehow got the airline ticket reactivated. I told them that I'd show up, camp out on their doorstep. Bye-bye.
7: Barbara and Bill will have a face-to-face on Memorial Day,
3: whether he likes it or not. Back in Montana, Bill assures Ann that he's dealt with Barbara and that their brief affair is over.
4: He sat down, talked with Anne. They made a, a plan what they were going to do. He was going to work on his marriage, stay in his house with the boys, with Anne. I
1: don't think that Bill ever was really wanting to divorce Ann for Barbara I Miller. I know that I am so committed to this marriage. Bill keeps his
3: promise to Anne and doesn't contact Barbara. And Barbara backs down on her threat to turn up on Memorial Day. So, for a brief moment in the summer of 2005, things appear to have returned to normal. But the calm is destined to be short-lived. On June 1st, Bill is on his computer at home when he sees a strange message in his inbox.
5: So Bill gets this bizarre email saying, I love you, we're going to be together, we're going to meet face to face.
6: I think it was Freak of Ark was the email address that they were coming from. And I remember saying to my husband, this is just really strange. You know, this is almost like out of a movie.
3: The sender might call themselves Freak of Ark. There's little doubt who the email is really from. Bill decides it's best not to respond and deletes the message. But if he thinks that's the last he'll hear from Barbara, he's wrong. Soon after receiving the email, Bill discovers Anne reading a set of letters addressed to them both that have arrived in their mailbox.
2: I remember in particular the letters that were in the envelopes were in capital letters. A lot of misspellings. and uh, misuse of grammar.
3: Barbara Miller. And questions Bill about who Barbara is and why she's sending him such an ominous threat.
2: The content basically was harassing and threatening, mostly with the theme that Barbara and Bill were going to get together, and was going to get kicked to the curb.
5: Anne begins to wonder what went on between these two people that was so powerful. this woman is refusing to let my husband go.
3: Not wanting to make this personal matter public by going to the police, Anne decides it's best to simply ignore the letters. The married couple continues to go about their day-to-day life. But when Bill starts a new work project with a friend, he discovers the nightmare is only getting worse.
4: Bill and I meeting to go uh, get started on a job together and I said hey Bill I said hey what's what's this stuff I keep getting these emails can you tell me about this and he he just his face just turned white white as a sheet
3: Bill looks through the familiar messages in horror
4: he said oh it's just this crazy woman in Arkansas she's wacko and she's delusional
3: Bill had hoped ignoring the threats would make them stop but now that clearly isn't the case When Anne learns that friends know all about Bill's affair, she's mortified and furious.
5: The idea of her husband kissing this other woman, touching this other woman, being held by this other woman kept going over and over and over in her mind's eye. And it was like he was cheating on her over and over and over again.
3: For the rest of June, a dark cloud hangs over the stout house ...as Anne broods on the consequences of her husband's actions. And before long, those feelings of despair will get much more intense. One day in early July, Bill is checking his email. It's been a month since the first threatening message from Barbara landed in his inbox. And now every time he logs on the computer, he's filled with dread. Suddenly, he sees a new note from the Freak of Arc address, and it's set to raise the stakes once again.
1: One of these emails said that Barbara Miller uh,
2: was pregnant. Barbara and Bill were going to have a new life, and they had a baby. And...
3: The email lays out a plan for Bill and Barbara's future together.
4: She's going to join Bill, and they're going to live happily ever after and raise the boys, and... Life will be beautiful.
3: Bill's brief affair appears to have spawned a crazed stalker. And now that Barbara says there's a baby on the way, the stakes have gone through the roof. Bill and Anne's once tranquil married life is spinning out of control. And soon this tortured love triangle will explode in bloody murder. When Bill Stout starts an affair with an old high school flame named Barbara, he thinks it's a fresh start.
5: There's that feeling of knowing, a knowingness, and that's what happened to Barbara and Bill at the wedding. This feeling of, I know you, I like you, I want you.
3: But when threatening emails start landing in his inbox, he fears he has a stalker on his hands. And the news that Barbara's pregnant immediately ups the
5: ante. So this felt like an entirely different ballgame. This felt really frightening. Because at this point, it's possible that anyone in the family is at risk.
3: Fearful of the impact this could have on his already fragile marriage, Bill reluctantly sits down to discuss the situation with Ann.
2: Hey. Well, he couldn't really sweep it under the rug, but he wasn't real anxious to talk about it in some detail. He was very vague about it when he did talk about it.
3: He got an email from Barbara. Ann appears to be distraught at the news, and Bill assumes the latest threat is dredging up painful memories of the affair. She says she's pregnant.
5: She didn't have the affair. Her husband did. So her husband brought this madness into her life, into their lives. She's really enraged. How unfair is this?
3: The couple decides they must take action immediately. And as a clear sign to Barbara, they delete their email account. I'm tired of it. And by the end of August 2005,
1: their ruse seems to have worked. They just stopped. The the emails, the letters, uh, all of it seemed to have stopped.
3: For the next two years, Bill focuses on rebuilding his life, while his wife, Anne, tries to put the whole incident behind her.
4: The more I got to know Anne, the more uh, I could see she could do anything. She could handle anything.
3: Unlike their son's death, coping with this traumatic experience has somehow made the couple feel more united.
5: So in an odd way, this joining together to get rid of Barbara brings them closer together. They have this shared goal again. But
3: that momentary intimacy is about to be ripped apart forever. One May morning in 2007, Bill walks out to get his truck to head into work but instantly he sees that something is wrong. Bill's truck gets egged. And as Bill looks closer, he makes a sickening discovery.
2: We had a report of some kind of manure or human feces or maybe a diaper or something that had been rubbed on the windshield of one of their vehicles. Yeah.
3: Bill calls for his wife. She comes running out to join him in the yard. Two years may have passed, but Anne immediately knows who is responsible. Oh, oh
0: my God.
2: Bill's
3: fling, Barbara.
0: Barbara did this. This is Barbara. They
2: believed that Barbara had been stalking their family. They believed that she drove up the driveway. They believed it was her that spread feces and eggs on their vehicles.
3: Suddenly, a
5: forgotten virtual threat has just become a clear and present danger this woman hasn't gone away and now seems to be upping the ante and getting more aggressive. Barbara is coming into their territory and no longer is safe over in Arkansas. You know, now she's in their neck of the woods. All right, well, let's clean it up. and we'll... A
3: volatile situation is quickly escalating out of control, and Bill decides it's time for action. Fortunately, he's the type of guy who knows how to take care of himself.
6: I know that Bill is always kind of a mountain man, hunter, fisherman.
3: And like many outdoorsmen, he has a weapon close at hand.
2: Bill had one handgun, a 9 millimeter handgun. It was a semi-automatic.
3: He keeps it locked away. But when he goes to the safe, the gun is gone.
2: And so when that was missing... He immediately assumed that there was something wrong. He just, he wasn't sure. He was
4: afraid to drive down the road because of this woman. Now she's got his pistol. He wasn't sure which way his head was screwed on. If it was, if you know, what was going to be next in his life. He just did not know.
3: On May 31st, 2007, a panic-stricken Bill heads to the Rivali County Sheriff's Department to report the theft of his handgun. At first, he's certain Barbara is responsible.
4: He was convinced that this Barbara was in town and she was there, she was stalking him and she wanted to ruin his life.
3: But as police suggest filing an official report, Bill starts to second guess himself.
4: This poor guy, he wasn't even sleeping at night, I'm sure. And in a move that
3: will have drastic repercussions, he confesses he can't be sure the gun was stolen leaving police powerless to follow up on a stalking allegation about Barbara. Ten days pass after Bill's visit to the police, and there are no further signs of Barbara. But the gun is still missing.
6: We really believe that the police needed to get after finding this woman and um, really tracking down what happened.
3: Despite the danger looming around them, Bill and Ann try to get back to their regular routines.
2: Bill came home about 7 or 8 o'clock that evening. She had made uh, him uh, some steak, some broccoli and potatoes. He had a beer. The two of them had dinner.
3: Bill tells his wife that the next day he plans to take their horses out.
2: Bill was stoked. He was real excited about going on this ride. They were going to go somewhere up the West Fork of the Bitterroot, up in the mountains on a trail.
3: And at the end of the night they both go to bed. But before long, the couple's newfound happiness will be replaced by a shocking tragedy. The next afternoon, Sunday, June 10th, 2007, police receive a phone call from a panicked woman. Uh, my name is and I just got home and there's something wrong with my husband." There's- Detectives from the Rivali County Sheriff's Department respond to the call.
1: When they arrive there, they find nobody in the house. Uh, The front door is open. Uh, They find uh, a garage door that uh, is cracked open. Detectives
3: make their way inside and up to Ann and Bill's bedroom, only to find his bruised and bloodied body
1: sprawled across the bed. It was like laying on his side. There was a lot of blood. It was, it was on the bed, it was on the sheets, it was on the pillow. It seems all those ominous threats
3: have been brutally acted upon.
1: He had a gunshot wound to um, the left side of his, of his head, uh, just behind the temple.
3: Bill Stout has been murdered in cold blood in his own bed. A savage killer is still at large. ...and closer than
0: anyone could imagine.
3: After a steamy fling with a high school flame turns sour... ...Bill Stout's family starts receiving menacing threats. Now, just as they suspect the stalker is close at hand tragedy strikes, Bill has been found shot in his own bed. Police search the bedroom for any clues as to how Bill was killed, starting with a closer look at the entry wound.
2: Which was on the left side, and then there was an exit wound, uh, I believe, on the right frontal area of his skull.
3: And lying nearby, they find what caused the lethal
2: injury. The only thing that was found eventually in addition to the wound to Bill's skull was a bullet in a pillow.
3: It's collected as evidence and registered as coming from a 9mm handgun. Now police need the weapon from which it was fired.
2: After the area was secured and searched, uh, it was clear that there was no handgun. Detectives
3: carefully comb the rest of the property. And in the garage, they make their
1: first breakthrough. They found the gun in the backpack of Bill's motorcycle.
3: Police also discover a latex glove concealed in a pile of laundry, which is later processed for DNA. With a murder weapon secured, investigators turn their attention to the person who discovered the body, Bill's grieving widow, Anne.
2: Okay, Mrs. Stahl, tell us from the beginning. Ann's story in a nutshell was that Bill had been out on his motorcycle. He came home about, I don't know, 7 or 8 o'clock that evening.
3: Ann tells officers that the night before Bill's body was found, the couple go to bed together as usual.
2: She woke up in the morning. Uh, Bill was alive, and they had a conversation, and he wasn't feeling very well.
3: Ann leaves Bill in bed and takes her son shopping.
1: During the course of the day... Ann made three phone calls to Bill's cell phone. was always getting his voicemail.
3: Ann says she becomes concerned and rushes back home to check on her husband.
1: Ann is yelling for Bill, gets no answer.
3: Then when she goes to check on Bill, she makes the grisly discovery.
1: Bill uh, laying on his side in the bed, the bed is covered with blood. Almost two weeks
3: before his death, Bill had told authorities about the threats the family had been receiving, and police now question Anne about them.
1: Tell us about this Barbara Miller. You Oh, know, so should... she tells them that this had all happened back in 2005, and that there then had been these emails. Of course, the
6: first person that we immediately suspected was the woman who was scorned, the woman who'd been stalking him, sending emails. I'm really trying to make his life miserable. The police
3: know all about Barbara, but as no official report was ever filed against her, they hadn't contacted her. But now she's the prime suspect in a murder inquiry, and they waste no time tracking her down in Arkansas.
2: One of the detectives made contact with law enforcement down there, advised them that there was a suspect named Barbara Miller. Detectives
3: approach Barbara's house And prepare to face the person They believe is responsible For Bill's brutal slang.
7: I'm asleep And they come And the, the marshal stood by the door Just real stern Like I'm, like I'm going to try to escape
4: We've been in contact with the Montana State Police
3: Police explain that Bill has been murdered And ask if she knew him
1: She does Admit to the affair.
3: Barbara confirms they once dated in high school and rekindled that romance at a wedding a few years ago. Detectives ask if she ever emailed Bill after
7: they reconnected at the wedding. I did send him one email asking him to call. No, I sent a couple that I'd reinstated the tickets and then I'd be there. But she stresses that
3: is where things stopped.
1: She admitted she was clingy, but denied that she ever was stalking Bill or Ann or the boys.
7: They asked me if I'd take a polygraph. I told them no. And I think that made them even more insistent. And that's when I told them, listen, do you think I'm a suspect in this? I'm not an evil person. I'm not this monster. I'm not the freak of arc." Barbara says there's much more to this unhappy story
3: than meets the eye. There is a freak of arc, but according to Barbara, it's not her. A passionate fling with an old high school sweetheart signals the beginning of the end for Bill Stout. Now his former lover stands accused of stalking, then murdering him. But she's about to lift the lid on what really happened. Barbara insists to police that she isn't the one behind the threats.
6: I haven't spoken to him. I haven't heard from him in
2: over two years. It was very important for Barbara Miller to be able to say, no, I did not send emails and rub feces and rub stale eggs and commit any acts of vandalism. I made one email or one call and then I realized that I was the loser and I had been kicked to the curb.
6: Really bizarre. I don't know
3: And she goes on to deny the allegations being made against
7: her by Ann. At one time, supposedly I was pregnant. Where's the baby? (laughs) I mean, it was just all so ridiculous.
3: What's more, Barbara says she has proof that she isn't Bill's killer in the form of a rock-solid alibi.
2: She tells him I was, you know, shopping. was in a Walmart with my boyfriend. She was clearly identified by the detectives as being Barbara Miller, walking out clearly past the Walmart cashier and out the store.
3: Her story appears to check out. But if Barbara isn't the murderous stalker, who is? Police turn their attention to the email threats and start sifting through the Stout's computer.
4: I received the computers and was asked to examine them for the evidence relating to emails. I learned, first of all, that when the email account was established, it was set up through a server in Hamilton or Missoula, Montana.
3: The account was created at a computer in a town only minutes from Bill and Ann's home. But the most shocking revelation concerns the individual who works as an administrator in that town every day. It's the last person investigators would expect to be sending threatening emails
4: to the Stouts. I'm certain that Ann Stout created those email accounts and used them. Certain things didn't look right, okay?
3: Suddenly, police have a new suspect. And when the medical examiner delivers his findings, it adds more weight to the case, quickly building against Ann.
1: The autopsy of Bill showed that there was some steak and broccoli still in his stomach. So they felt he had died between 11 o'clock and midnight the night before.
3: The only person in the home with Bill on Saturday between 11 and midnight was his wife, Anne. On June 15, 2007, the Rivali County Sheriff's Department calls Anne in to see what she has to say.
4: The results of our investigation show that that you killed Bill.
0: They do not show that. They do not prove
4: that. And
3: you
0: do not know that because it did not happen.
3: The latex glove recovered from the garage of the Stouts' home is found to contain traces of Anne's DNA. Bill's time of death, coupled with the true identity of Freak of Arc and the latex glove are all enough evidence for police. And on June 26, 2007, Anne is officially charged with Bill Stout's murder. In June 2008, the prosecution begins its case against Anne Stout at Rivali County Court.
5: I think for Anne, things in the marriage had gone downhill. So you have the suicide of her son, which she probably refused to take responsibility for, and on some level might have blamed her husband. After the
3: wedding, Anne suspects Bill of being unfaithful. She devises an elaborate plan to discover the truth starting by fabricating the anonymous phone call, which supposedly tips her off. Who is this? Once Bill cracks and confesses to cheating with Barbara, Anne is armed with the knowledge she needs to plot her revenge.
5: Not only did Anne want Bill dead, she tortured him before he died. So it wasn't enough to kill him. It was a diabolical plan where she made him pay and frightened him. And scares her husband into
3: thinking that it's Barbara who is stalking him.
2: There's absolutely no evidence that Barbara had ever been in Montana. I don't think the jury ever doubted uh, Barbara's story. Once she has carefully set the
3: stage for the mistress to take the fall, she goes on to orchestrate his murder...
2: Sometime after 10 o'clock, he retires, and he passes out. And Bill's
3: scheming wife seizes the chance to exact revenge on her cheating spouse.
2: Anne takes the handgun, and the evidence pretty much left the jury with the conclusion that she pulled the trigger and fired off a 9mm handgun into the left rear side of his skull.
3: Anne leaves Bill's bloody corpse undisturbed. And the next morning, after her shopping trip, she raises the alarm. Ann is found guilty of deliberate homicide. And it leaves people connected to the case reflecting on how a tragic chain of events could easily have been
2: avoided. Why didn't he just call her on the phone? Why didn't he just put Ann in the room with him and say, All right, Ann, now look. I'm going to call Barbara, and I'm going to end this, okay?
3: Anne's jealous fury drove her to destroy the life of her husband and the father of her children. For the many people who loved Bill, it's an unbearable tragedy.
7: It was sad for me because he was such a wonderful person. It was a twisted plot that I got caught up in, and I'm very sorry for my part in it.